is here with me and he's already snickering at the title of the podcast so you know it's going to be a fun interview we are looking out at the phoenix international raceway actually it's really phoenix raceway it the, the wall says phoenix international raceway still but it's really phoenix raceway now we're right on the start finish line we're looking out at um the track after a very surprising win today um first of all bob pockress from espn.com how are you I'm doing good. I, I want to say that we should call the podcast "Buy a Jeff Gluck Hat" podcast. That that would be um, my that would be my vote. You too, Bob? Huh? You too? Yeah. Apparently, Dale Earnhardt Jr. wants you to start selling some hat that you bought. <laughs> this is the hat I'm wearing. The hat right now. It's just a it's just a golf hat. Okay, so Mark Long from the Associated Press, who works with Jenna Fryer in Daytona, he had a really cool hat on during Daytona, and, and I thought that this year. Being on my own, I probably shouldn't wear like logoed hats. You know, I want to look somewhat professional, but I got to wear a hat because I'm a ginger and I burn very easily. So I don't want to get skin cancer. So I, I went up to Mark Long at Daytona and I said, hey, where'd you get that hat? And he's like, oh, it's Travis Matthew hat. And I'm like, I, I don't know what that is. He's like, oh, it's this golf designer. He makes a lot of hats. They don't have like logos on them or whatever. So this Mark Long guy who lives in Florida, I mean, it works for him. So I, I got a similar hat, not the same one. And now look at it. It's like everybody wants the hat. All, people are just nonstop on the Twitter about it, Bob. That's what happens when Dale Earnhardt Jr. tweets about it, right? I guess. I mean, I don't. What What would you think if I started selling JeffGluck.com hats? Would you buy one? Yes. I would. You would not. You hesitated for so long. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd buy one sometime over a span of 127 races. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's a good transition, Bob, because you brought up the big magic 127 number that Ryan Newman uh, changed to a zero today. Um, Excuse me, Bob. Coughing. Um, I've been fighting a cold all week. And and just an aside really quick, Bob is like a walking medicine cabinet. And um, so he gave me Sudafed and then you supplied me with DayQuil today. So I feel like the DayQuil got me through the race. So thank you for that. Very nice of you. Um, and so I was alert and awake to see Ryan Newman pull off a, st- <laughs> a stunning upset, which I really thought like I, I was um, it was all I could do to not just put like a literal LOL on Twitter when they stayed on old tires. Because I was like, there's no way this is going to work. Did you think it was going to work? I thought it might work. And then when I saw that only three drivers stayed out on old tires, I thought, wow, um, I thought Kyle Larson had a good chance. I think if Kyle Busch had started fourth and been had been on the outside, I would have given him maybe even a better chance to have ca- catch Newman. But, uh, you know, even Kyle Larson said after the race, he kind of made a mistake there. It, you know, he, he got, he got uh, too busy battling Stenhouse and, and kind of lost his momentum there to be able to catch Newman. So, yeah. But, you know, hey, you, you know, look, Ryan Newman has led fewer than 100 laps. In his since joining RCR in 2014, amazing, right? Everybody thinks of you know Newman as being a 
fast driver, you know, a guy who can lead laps, and yet he's led fewer than 100 laps since joining RCR, but he led the important one today. It's pretty amazing. I mean, I was starting to get to the point where I'm like, uh, Newman's never going to win again. I, you know, n- no offense, but, I mean, he's getting up there in years. It didn't look like his team was all that competitive at times. RCR hadn't won since Harvick left. And I thought if anybody was going to win on RCR, it would probably be um, Austin Dillon. I just didn't see Newman, barring some restrictor plate race or a rain-shortened thing, just going up there and winning. And he used strategy today and, and won it fair and square, you know. Um, I, I think that's pretty impressive. And I, I, I really liked that he did that because I'm hoping that that will encourage others to make strategy plays like that in the future. Because how many times do, you know, we talk after the race or, like, talk with Nate Ryan or something like that, and we're all like, how come nobody tried this when they could have? Like, how come nobody stayed out? And the obvious answer sometimes is, well, it, it wouldn't have worked. But obviously it does work sometimes, you know? So maybe this will encourage more people to take risks like that, and I think that makes it fun. Well, and you look at the three guys who stayed out. Newman wins, Stenhouse finishes fourth, and Truex finishes 11th. So, you know, so what does that tell me? It tells me that Newman had a decent car, right? He was seventh when he decided not to pit or his crew chief decided not to pit. And Newman still is a pretty good race car driver, you know? And and as Newman said, this reduced downforce package helps him. You know, you're talking about the, you know, when you talk about all those guys who came over from sprint cars, and Newman was one of them back in the day. And you think that, hey, that this type of package on a hot, slick racetrack, why not put it in your driver's hands? I agree. I like that. I like the boldness. Um, speaking of another great, sprint car driver kyle larson man dude he is so impressive lately i mean if you take out the daytona 500 and go back to homestead it's all second place finishes four in a row second place finishes that's really i mean you really have to pay attention to this guy now pay attention to ganassi and what they're doing it's not just like oh it's a cute little story they got a little bit better no they're like legit in my opinion Yeah, uh, no driver coming into today had scored more points in the last five races than Kyle Larson. So, yeah, the only thing he has to do is win, right, a little bit more. And I think the question is, is he destined to be a second-place guy who wins occasionally, or is he going to turn these runner-up finishes into wins? Uh, The one thing is is that Jamie McMurray had had speed today. Um, What did he finish about? 15th. Yeah, 15th. I think he ran a little bit better than that at times. And, you know, th- those those guys, look, th- it was funny during practice the other day, you had Penske is the, are the first haulers parked at the front of the garage because Keselowski was leading the points. And then it was the two Ganassi haulers, you know, so the Penske guy, Penske brass and Ganassi brass were up, sta- were standing atop the haulers, probably looking at each other thinking, wait, this isn't an IndyCar race, right? <laughs> That's a good point. And to, to take that a step further, um, not just team-wise, but young gun-wise, if you're looking at the standings overall right now and how these guys will be parked, I mean, NASCAR is – they love to build up the young guns and try to you know shove it down our throats at times. Like, look, see, we got, we got new faces coming in. It's great. It's going to be awesome. Don't worry about it, everybody. Um, but they have – Larson is leading the points. Chase Elliott's third. Ryan Blaney is sixth. So you've got three of your – young guys that you're trying to market in a big way in the top six in points that comes on a day when you have two rookies both get their first career top 10. I mean, I don't want to like take this too far, but are the, are the young guys here? Have they arrived? Like, is this 
like they're going to be real contenders now? Um, I think they have a chance, you know. I mean, they're certainly uh, starting to prove their worth more than a Snapchat game, right? <laughs> than their Snapchat game or their tw- their 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 Twitter uh, abilities. So more than just hey, we can use them on social social wins, you know. That's right. Uh, yeah, look, they're getting more experience, and uh, look, Ryan Blaine's been looking really good lately. So you talk about those three guys, and and the thing is that they're all with strong organizations right now, and. Um, you know, it's, I think, you know, it's definitely something to watch and, you know, it'll be, it's going to, it's going to be fun. I think, you know, and, and they're, it's good to see that they're finally, you know, I mean, Larson for so long, you're like, when is he going to show something more than just an occasional good run? And now you're talking about all these runner up finishes that he's had. Yeah. I think it's very interesting. And, and, you know, now They'll go to a place where Larson could win, I think, at Fontana. Could see that happen. Um, he won at Michigan, which was a similar track. So, um, And he's always been good there. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this could be something where Larson really has a breakout year. And I'm not sure. I mean, I don't think I, I predicted that exactly. Did you? I, I don't think I did. I, I mean, I thought he'd have a good season, but I didn't think he'd be rattling off second-place finishes and leading the points. Uh, you're right. You go to California, a place where he probably should have had his first win, right? He should have knocked Kyle Busch out of the way and uh, and won that race a few years ago. But, uh, yeah, I I predicted I predicted Larson to win um, California a couple of days ago. I also picked Kyle Busch to win today, and, well, almost – well, what, what, what did you make of the Kyle Busch thing today? I mean, um, he did talk afterwards, so that was nice. Um, we, we got some quotes from him. And, but he was, like, biting his lip talking about Goodyear at one point, essentially. Like, you know, none of these tires have lasted more than 44 laps all day, so I knew something was going to blow out. Um, he's, you know, trying to contain his, his anger toward – I think his I wrote that it was his two nemeses lately, Logano and Goodyear, c- combined to like ruin his day. Um, it's got to be tough. But if you're Kyle Busch, you know, um, sitting 13th in points, I mean, it, it's felt like a bad season. But is it really that bad? I know. I mean, look, a few couple of years ago, when he won the title, he hadn't raced at all. <laughs> so, you know, I, I mean, but certainly he's frustrated. Uh, look, you know, people were melting beads, and there was Logano trying to make up as many spots as he could after a mistake on pit road on his own part. So, yeah, not, not surprised that Kyle is frustrated. I mean, I don't know whether I was counting on a caution there, those final uh, eight, ten laps, but. Uh, but I guess Kyle was. Was was this a good race, Bob? I feel like um, for a lot of it, I was thinking, eh, this isn't so great. Nothing has really happened that's going to be notable. What's going to be the big takeaway from this? Obviously, then it has a good finish, similar to last week, really. Um, uh, something at the end where it mixes it up and gets everybody talking. But for most of the race, um, you know, if it had ended under green, Kyle Busch wins. I mean, I guess you have the good story of he punched a guy, now he goes to victory lane and punches out the whole field or something. But um, what, what did you think? That was okay race. You know, I, I was thinking at the end of the, you know, some of those late caution, that late caution, I thought, 
wow, you know, could it end up like last year, right? You had guys on old tires, and and you could you have another Bowman Kenseth type of situation, and that that didn't happen. So, uh, but you know, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a typical Phoenix race, uh, especially with it being so slick. It, it certainly looked like that guys really couldn't do. There wasn't a whole lot of grip out there for guys to make a lot of moves. Um, what's your takeaway right now as far as who are the favorites going into this Fontana stretch here to complete the West Coast swing? You know, obviously you've had Larson look good at times. You've had Keselowski, Lagana look good at times. Harvick has looked good at times. Um, Truex, obviously. But does anybody jump out at t- jump out to you as somebody that's really hit on it early this season where you're like, that's that's a guy that I feel like is going to go win this thing? That's a good question. Uh, I'd almost say, I mean, Logano looked very good all weekend until he made the penalty, until he had the penalty. And, uh, you know, to me, the, the, those guys seem to have it have it going. And, um, you know, the Fords have pretty much shown that, the, that they're kind of still very stout, you know, despite Chevrolet winning today. Yeah. Um, first Chevy win of the year, I think, today, right? Isn't that right? Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm trying to think back to the races, but Truex won last week, Toyota and Fords had won the other right. one. So yeah, kind of crazy to go this far in the season. And, uh, and that's not the Chevrolet that you would think would win either. Obviously, you know what I mean? That's not the, you're not going to go, oh, yeah, RCR is going to be the first Chevy win of this year. Yeah. I mean, RCR hadn't won since Harvick had won here back in 2014. Right or no, 2013. 13, yeah. 2013. So, so they had a 112 race winless streak uh, going, and uh, and and they, you know, they've had about 24, 25 top fives since then. But I don't think anybody's really said, "Wow, they've they." It wasn't like that. They've been knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking on the door. Uh, this one, you know, they just they they used the strategy, and they had a, but they had good enough car to be able to take advantage of that strategy. So Newman now has 18 career wins. That's a lot. And he has also a lot of polls. Um, do you think that he could be in the Hall of Fame someday? Yeah, I mean, I think he could. Uh, I think what's going to hurt him, I want to say, how many wins do you have that one year? Do you have eight in one season? Oh, like really early in his career, yeah. He had six to eight wins in one year. So, And, and I, I want to say that he hasn't had more than one or two wins in any other year. So I think that might hurt him, you know, when it, when it comes to look like, well, you know, he's only good for just that really short time. Uh, but, you know, I think he's got a shot. You know. I, th- I think he'll be in because if they keep putting five in, yeah, I mean, the bottom line is they're going to have a situation where they any anybody with more than 16, 17 wins is probably going to be in. He has 18, so. Yeah, you, you, it's funny you talk about the Hall of Fame because I, I talked to Joe Gibbs a little bit pre-race in addition, talk asking about Kyle, which he pretty much said, "Oh, we're moving on," and you know uh, that's just emotion. But you know he has a chance to be in the Hall of Fame as a nominee. And I was thinking when Kyle was leading, I was like, "Look," I was thinking like there, you could look on stage, and you know Kyle Busch is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Joe Gibbs is nominee. Eventually, he's in the Hall of Fame. And I was trying to think to myself, would Adam Stevens eventually be in the Hall of Fame? Because he's ten wins and three years and a championship you could have a huge upside. And so it's funny that you mentioned Ryan Newman Hall of Fame when I was sitting here thinking, man, could we be looking at three guys on stage at the post-race press conference day who who could be in the Hall of Fame? Well, you had one for sure today, Richard Childress. 
Um, so he's already in. I think Luke Lambert's uh, has a lot of work to do since this was his first career win. But, um, you know, looking at, at the season overall, Bob, um, has it been um, what you expected so far? Um, it's not like the season has just started now because there's been four points races plus um, an exhibition race. So, you know, it's over a month into it. And, you know, the regular season starts to move fast here now, especially after Fontana and it gets back out east and things like that. Um, is this what you thought going in? <laughs> no. I mean, I didn't think Ryan Newman would have a win. I didn't think that we'd be talking about Kyle Busch punching somebody. <laughs> um, yeah, I was kind of hoping for a little bit more out of this uh, package. Me too, dude. I mean, yeah. You know, quite frankly, uh, now, you know, has... It's been hot, right? You know, Atlanta was a little bit warmer than maybe expected. Obviously hot here today. You know, has that had any influence? Will it get better as teams, more teams kind of uh, learn things about it? You know, I hope so. You know, I hope he, when you get to Texas, especially a, a reconfigured track, repaved track like that, that maybe you'd see something um, a little more intriguing. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I had high hopes, but uh, so far – so far, especially in battles for the lead, you know, I think that I wish there were more. I will say this. The stages tend to keep me very interested over the first half of the race. And in some ways, when I was watching at home last week, it was like, okay, like that first half of the final stage is like, oh, gosh, when are, when we get into when's the, when you get into another end. So um, I was I've been interested in that. I think that has actually worked better than I thought it might. Yeah, I've really liked that. I've really enjoyed it. And it seemed to make the race go by faster today like I looked at up at one point and I thought wow this race is flying by and I realized it was still it was at halfway and it was an hour and a half and um it it was it ended up being exactly a three-hour race so it wasn't that it was going by quicker than normal um in fact it, it was slightly longer than the average race here but just the stages being able to count down to them early knowing that you were going to have a little bit of a break knowing that there was going to be a caution or reset it wasn't like Oh, this is just going on endlessly. When's there going to be something? Jeez, holy crap. I mean, I, I really do think that the stages have added something. And I'm not just like, you know, patting NASCAR on the back here or something. But, I mean, they, they've done a good thing, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's kind of like if you're taking like a road trip and you have, it's a four-hour road trip, but it's on the same highway. And you're like, man, I'm on this highway and you're on it and on it and on it. As opposed to like if you're on like three or four different highways and it's kind of broken up and you're like, okay. You feel like, like you've accomplished something when you get off one off ramp and get on, get on the next highway. I think I kind of think this is kind of the same. Wow, have you written that yet, Bob? I haven't written that yet. Do you like that? Do you like that analogy a little bit? Yeah, I think that you should put that in a story. That's pretty good. If you don't, I'm going to steal it. <laughs> if you do that, I'm going to punch you in the face. Okay, fair apparently enough. That, apparently, that doesn't get you any penalty these days. Honestly, though, Bob, you know what the funny thing is? Like, every time they talked about um, punching people in the face this week, I thought, would I punch Bob in the face for anything? Like, if we were, you know, because we're like competitors in theory, but we're friends. So, and it looked like Logano and Kyle were friends. So, I kept thinking to myself, what would make me punch Bob in the face? What would make me so mad at Bob that I punch him in the face? So, I don't know. I, I don't really think I would, but I guess I could get mad at you if you like really did something underhanded would you punch me in the face probably not although it was funny because we were talking to Landon Castle and he said he's never been in a fist fight in his life isn't that what he said earlier today 
And, and I thought, gosh, he must not have brothers, you know, <laughs> because I grew up with two brothers. And I, I think the most fistfights I've ever had with people are with my brothers. Right. So, um, you know, I uh, I don't think I'd I don't think I'd punch you in the face. You know, uh, it would, uh, um, you know, uh, no, no. Okay. Well, that's really generous of you that you put that much thought into it, Bob. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, you, you just wouldn't do anything that would make me punch you in the face. Okay. Well, you have some more faith in me than I have in myself, Bob. But listen, I'm glad you um, were able to join me here on the Untitled Jeff Gluck podcast. I'll miss you in Fontana next week as you run the tweet up. So follow at Bob Pockers for all the tweet up info. I'll be waving to you from afar and um, suffering through the grid walk and all that stuff and probably tweeting angrily about it as you have fun in Fontana. So enjoy that. Thanks a bunch. Um, I will be doing a podcast next week, but it will be from home. I imagine. So we'll see how that works out. It may be a solo podcast, but thanks again for listening on the untitled Jeff Clark podcast.